From the McCourney Institute for Democracy at Penn State University, I'm Michael Berkman. And I'm Chris Beam, and this is Democracy Works. Uh, today on the podcast, uh, Michael, we're going to uh, listen to Aziz Alhamza. Aziz for short. Aziz for short. Aziz is a co-founder of an organization called Raqqa is Being Slaughtered Silently. And he's on campus this week because uh, his 2017 documentary, City of Ghosts, is uh, being shown on campus this week by the Center for Global Studies, uh, which is directed by Friend of the Pod, Sophia McLennan. City of Ghosts is a fascinating documentary. Uh, if you missed it on campus this week, of course, our podcast is out well after the film showed here, but you can see it on Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, it is quite a documentary, Chris. Isn't it's, it? um, it's you know, you have to be prepared, man. It, it is um, Yeah, there are some harrowing scenes in yeah. that documentary that I, I don't remember ever seeing in a documentary before. Yeah. You know, Raqqa is being slaughtered silently. Is I, I guess you would describe them as a team of citizen journalists within Syria who yeah. have taken some amazing cell phone video and photography of- uh, At an extraordinary personal risk. At extraordinary personal risk, which Aziz will talk about today, I believe, uh, if Jen asks him about it, uh, about uh, what is being done by ISIS, some of the atrocities being committed by ISIS. Just breathtaking brutality. You know, this is not a typical subject for us. And, and really, when we first- um, heard about um, Aziz coming to campus, we were kind of like, mm, I don't know, this is really us. But you know, in in look in seeing the video, uh, seeing the video, and in um, getting to know uh, what these people uh, took up and what they achieved, it really does kind of seem uh, really apropos. It, it it speaks to the role of journalism in a free society. It speaks to the importance of what um, regular people can do. And it, it uh, speaks to um, just the the courage that is required to sustain freedom and what um, a lot of people are willing to give up in order to make that happen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, one thing I kept thinking about watching this film that we didn't really think about before putting him on, but uh, certainly that came to me when I watched the movie, uh, was that I, I feel like in the United States, we're also seeing something along the lines of citizen journalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's different, but there are some important similarities. And I mean, what, what mostly came to my mind while I was watching it were all the police, vi- were all the videos uh, that I've seen on Twitter and on Facebook and elsewhere about uh, various encounters between the police and African-Americans. Right. And, and citizens with cell phones and yeah. the power that, that creates. Yeah. And it, 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 it made connections for me in a variety of ways. One is that, you know, there is a certain kind of courage, I think, in taking these kinds of videos. Now, you know, as Aziz will, will make clear, these people are putting their life on the line. Right. That, you know, if ISIS gets a hold of these phones, if ISIS sees them doing this, they're, they're executed. Right. There's really not much to mm-hmm. it. That's not going to happen in the United States. Right. But, you know, it has got to be scary mm-hmm. to stick a cell phone in a police officer's face right. while they're in the middle of an encounter. Right, with right, right. Especially when, you know, the reason you're doing it is because what the officer is doing you think is wrong. 
and 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 needs to be reported. Right, and that's what I was going to say. And in, in, in some ways, it's very similar in that they're bearing witness. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. bearing witness to these injustices, and they're bearing witness in a way that we just never saw before. Right. I mean, this is all part of this modern age. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've we've tried to get a handle on this on this show in a, a variety of different ways, uh, talking about the importance of social media, talking. Uh, Talking about the importance of meat, of a free press, obviously, and and all of that, but you know, this never would have been possible before. Obviously, people could have talked about right. what was going on in Raqqa, but but absent the videos, it wouldn't have nearly the power uh, that it does. No, absolutely, and and um, it is just astonishing that. We all have these tools, these weapons in our in our pockets. It's right? an incredibly powerful tool. Yeah, and and so. What we have here is a um, is probably the most um, striking, the most powerful, the most consequential, and the most um, courageous example of this kind of, of, of citizen journalism. Yeah. So uh, let's let's turn it over to Jenna and to Aziz and see see where we get with that. This is Jenna Spinelli from the McCourtney Institute for Democracy, here today with Abdulaziz Alhamza. So Aziz, thank you for joining us today on Democracy Works. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to, to talk with you all about the, the great work that uh, you and, and your colleagues have done as, as part of um, Raqqa is being slaughtered silently. But before we get to that, I thought we could start off with what has happened in Raqqa since the film ended. Um, I'm wondering if, if you can um, bring us up to speed on where things stand now in, in Raqqa and, and what things are like for the, the folks who are there. Yeah, so the movie stopped before Raqqa was started. And after the movie was uh, shown, many things happened in Raqqa. So the U.S.-led coalition started a campaign to defeat ISIS from Raqqa city, but that caused like too much damage in the city. So right now, 80% of the city has been destroyed by the airstrike, by the international coalition airstrike. And most of the people have been displaced, many crazy things. have happened so far so there is like a new kind of occupation of the city there are like a new suffering that people are facing and for the media it was like only the scene of ISIS or like the topic of ISIS and since ISIS was gone like Raqqa turned not to be anymore on the news or like the newspaper or the media or the media coverage so for us like we decided that we would keep our campaign and our organization operating in Raqqa city just to report the atrocities that have been committed by the new group so so far the city has been facing many difficulties with services electricity police like right now there are like thousands of assassinations every day there are lead mines every where there are like hundreds of people who've been who are getting killed every day, and each day they find like a like a new missing graph in the city where they bought thousands of bodies from undurables. How has the the current situation there changed the the work that that you're doing as part of your your organization? What's the kind of reporting landscape like there now? Yeah, like right now we do have like more freedom to move. We're not allowed to work legally because all groups consider us as like either terrorists or like Al Qaeda, ISIS, like regime supporter or like 
whatever like group supporter so since we don't stand with any side or with any political party so we're an independent organization so we still have we still face like some difficulties to work on move there but we were able like to survive with ISIS so we could manage other groups. So right now we got a new people to work with us and uh, we're doing like the same coverage. At the same time, we do run many campaigns and many activities. So we started uh, an online academy to teach uh, or to train activists and people about many things, how to start a peaceful campaign or movement, how to be trained about different topics like uh, digital security, encryption, like writing, editing articles, and we were cooperating with many international NGOs doing this work. Let's go back to, to your beginning and, and you know, how things things started for you. In the, in the film, um, you talk about being a college student and not really coming from a very politically active family. And, um, you know, there's something in there about being good at getting into trouble and all of those kind of things. And um, what what was your your motivation for starting Rockas is being slaughtered silently? And, and what what was the the force that kind of kept you going along the way as it as it grew and got progressively more dangerous and, and things like that. Yeah, so personally, like before the revolution started in 2011, I had like nothing to do with politics or any, anything else. I was like just like doing nothing basically and like just stealing money from my dad. So, and then like when the revolution started, I've seen like what was going on in Syria and like in specific cities. And uh, I had like that thing inside me that pushed me to do something. So it started like as a normal thing, joining like demonstration. And it suddenly turned to be like something more organized. So we started film, like filming his stuff, like calling for protests. And then when ISIS came, my colleagues and I, we decided to do something since ISIS prevented all the media organization or journalists to get to rock and cover what's going on. So they didn't want anyone else to report from the city. So we felt it's a duty to do something since we are all from the city and uh, we lived there, we grew up there. And uh, yeah, even with like zero experience. So none of us studied any journalism or any media. So we were supposed, like I graduated by a mystery my friends are supposed to be doctors lawyers like everything but like not journalists or like anything has to do with journalism so like just like doing that stuff and later on we got like many trainings like how to write articles how to edit and then like many of us turned to be trainers so right now we give training for other people so we got like international like certificates or like degrees on training or, or like to be trainers so we started like from zero and we were able to build ourselves and then we were able to reach out like the international community the international media the international organizations and we started like many collaborations so from people who were like doing like almost nothing we could do something so how do you strike a balance between keeping an eye on, on Raqqa and, and what's happening there while also trying to I- expand broader than that? So the thing like the mobile phones can do magic, you know, so I, I have like two phones. I have like my laptop. So and that's the good part of the work. So we don't need to be like excess in, um, in like in a place. So we do have our network in Raqqa and in Syria, but like 
the rest of the work we can do it like remotely so the thing like i can be like everywhere and like checking my phone so and like my my only wish for my mom so to speak with her more than using my phone for one day so the thing we're all connected to our phones so not only as like the devices or but for like something like more than a device like for something that we keep like we keep using as a tool of communication a tool of doing stuff and i can't imagine myself being without a phone yeah i don't think anyone can these days for better or for worse i suppose Um, so in the kind of training sessions or the, the work that you're doing to, um, you know, share your stories with, with other activists, as you were just describing, what, what are the things you're, you're telling them? So since, like, we've been, like, facing different brutal groups, we've been through many mistakes, and we don't want anyone else to go through the same mistakes. So we had, like, many, like, technical mistakes that like most of the people they're not aware about so we share all that thing so and also like how to start like a movement how to face like a brutal regime or a brutal movement so there are like many small steps that people they don't think about people they they, they don't think that they're important but they like they're like so important and for us it's important to like to shed a light on it on them so like as an example i went to colombia and i met with some colombian activists after like the peace agreement and there are like many things that they were not aware about so they had zero idea what encryption is so i told them like the government could track you and like like spy on your devices your conversations and so that's why many of your like colleagues also got arrested so like just to explain to them about like encryption and like some apps that they have to use to communicate and sometimes like when they go like to demonstrations they can like cover their faces since they're like facing like some brutal groups or whatever so all these small things as we experience as a group and we've done like many mistakes and like some of them like cost us like the life of our friends so we don't want anyone like to go through the same mistakes right yeah that's 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 really great that you're able to to kind of help people um you know avoid having that that same thing happening um so do you feel that that the the work that you did um had an impact to to the to uh, isis ultimately being defeated in in raqqa yeah so like the thing it was like a different war between us and isis so was like not like a military war or whatever so it was like online and for ISIS it was so important to shut us down so they tried like in several ways they like they assassinate like uh, like our group members they arrested them they kill family members they threaten us like everywhere so for us that like just like to get this reaction from ISIS we knew that like meant a lot for ISIS and even right now after ISIS being defeated from like most of the parts in Syria and Iraq, they still talking about us and like they still mentioning us every day. So just like following their media and their stuff, they keep like mentioning like, yeah, don't be as bad as RBS is. So for ISIS, we were like the bad example. We were like the bad boys. So that like that itself, it's like a good impact for us and like for many other people. So 
our work like our work reached like the international media the international community to almost reach everyone so that was like our main goal and we could reach that goal so ISIS didn't didn't want anyone like to be like like to be like alternative media or alternative sources to the information or the news so they could like spread their own propaganda and we just came and they didn't expect like like a group of teenagers like being around and doing good this stuff yeah yeah and they their their propaganda got increasingly sophisticated over time right they they upped their production value and 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 can you can you talk about that how you kind of had to to combat that as as you were working yeah like for isis like the main thing that they focus on after they like talk over like most parts of most of the bars in Syria and Iraq it was the media like so they spent too much money on on the media so they were like spending millions of dollars so we were able to get some smuggled documents that showed them like spending over 10 million 10 million dollars for like a media office in one city so for them they got like they got like many people to work on the media field they recruited many media people and even they had like some kind of secret relation with other media guys outside of Syria and Iraq and Europe or everywhere to produce this high quality videos because it was like one of the main ways that that they could like recruit people around the world through it so many people were obsessed like with uh, like video games this new high quality so telling people okay while you're playing like war games home or on your computers like comes reality so you can like get your gun like steal a car and shoot people you know so people said like hey and you know there are like many crazy crazy people that would love to do that thing so that was like one of the ways so and besides like different other ways so it was all through the media and for them they wanted to reach everyone so they did their video and their releases in all the languages so it was like not only in Arabic it was in English and French and German so so in order to everybody to understand or to get their messages because we're locals we know the city very well and like for them they are like strangers so the majority of them they are like strangers they are not from the city so for us it's like our city we know like how to move around we know how to do stuff so that helped us more did you ever think at all like I, I I can't do this or who am I to be trying to do this? I'm just some guy. We're just a group of friends, a group of, of teenagers. Did you ever have those kind of moments of, of self-doubt as, as you, you were working? So like, yeah, for a while, we, I, like my colleagues and I, we had that things, you know, because when we all started that things, I was like 20 or 21 years old. So I was like young enough to do that things. And my mom was telling me like, what you're doing? So and but like then when we started to lose colleagues and friends like i've never had that feeling or that thoughts because like we had like some people that gave their lives for this world like to be alive so it would be like a huge guilty for any of us thinking like to stop or like to take like a step backwards so after that i haven't heard any of my friends or colleagues saying that things so they always come with things yeah we're gonna do something like we're gonna do like more work we're gonna do new stuff we're gonna do that we're gonna do that so that was like our main motive like just like thinking about those who gave their life for this world Mm -hmm. and um in in terms of the the situation it currently in in syria are you still facing some of those challenges with with propaganda and things like that with the the current uh occupying forces that are there 
Yeah, sure. Like right now, there are like thousands of militias are fighting each other, and like each of them wanna show that they are like the only good like groups or militia. So for us, we're trying also to counter all this propaganda, and especially the Russian propaganda right now. It's been like a huge thing, like in like not only in Syria but in the region itself. So for us, like we try always like to go after their news, trying like to get photos, videos to show the reality. Yeah, and you're kind of in a way. It feels like, at least to to me, and, and you're looking at your site, you're holding the the world accountable in some ways. I mean, calling out some of the the coalition work and what's what's happened with with the airstrikes. Do you do you feel kind of a a, a bigger sense of responsibility now? Yes, because like for us, like we started like first against the government, against the regime, and then like we had ISIS, we had Al Qaeda, we had other militias, then like SDF, the new group, then like the the Russian, the international coalition, the Iranian militias, the Iraqi militias, like like some militias from the Mars, like militias from everywhere. So we had like this responsibility, like to report on all the militias and even all the international countries, governments. So. So, as I said, we don't stand with any side or with any group, and we don't belong to any political party or to any government. So we're like 100% independent. So we cover like any group, militia, government, coalition, or whatever, committing like human rights violations against the civilians. And so we, you, you mentioned um, the, the kind of Russian influence earlier, and that's there's been, uh, as, as I'm sure you know, a, a rise in the, the, the use of the term fake news and to kind of go along with, with authoritarians all over the world trying to, to call out news that, that they don't agree with or that they're trying to, to tell the public is fake. Um, how does that, that make you feel when you, you hear that, that term kind of being thrown around? Yeah, like it's it's been like a huge problem, not only like in Syria or like the region, like it's everywhere, even here in the US. Like uh, if you like switch from channel to another, like you would hear like completely different news. Like one of them like saying something, the other would say the opposite. And like many people like they get lost like between all the TV channels, like platforms, and they don't know who to follow. So it's been like a huge problem. So. I've met like many people that they are like so confused. So they say like, yeah, we heard that. And then we heard that and we're hearing that and that might happen. So people, they get confused. So the thing like we try like to clarify everything to make it simple and like provide evidence. So that was like the only way. So people, when they show like when they see evidence, that would be like the best way to convince them. So when we come up like with photos, videos, people from the city itself speaking about what's going on like not to get one example or two like to get more than one so that was like the easiest way but it, that i don't think that there is like a solution to kill or like to stop fake news it's been like everywhere and like you it's so hard like sometimes just to track all this fake news or like the non-fake news so the the uh, videos that you mentioned about people collecting were they specifically working for RBSS or did you receive submissions just from from citizens who wanted to to contribute to what you were doing yeah it like it was mainly from our like network our colleagues but at the same time there were like many people who were sending photos videos some news other they were like sending only greetings so they said like that the only thing we could do so it was like so risky to do anything or take a photo like 
taking a photo is a huge crime. It means like execution. So people were scared like to take a photo. So even for, like a photo for like a landscape. So there are like checkpoints that they check the mobile phones like uh, and everything. They check people and like you don't know like any like you don't know where this checkpoints would be. So they are like they move them all the time. So they are like twenty four hours trying. And then like eventually the ISIS had like security cameras everywhere. So we had like to be careful, and everybody had to be careful like taking photos and stuff. So that was like so hard. So the majority of people they were all so scared. So because the first thing ISIS did, they tried to shock all the civilians. So by doing like the public execution and doing all this threat. Uh, atrocities so they were all in public places public squares and they were calling people to come and watch so people would get shocked and uh, afraid scared like to do anything so that like was one of the things that isis focused on so not to create a movement or anything in the city so most of the stuff and that we were getting we we're getting from our colleagues but as i said like sometimes we'd find out like uh, people that want to do something or like uh, feel that they're fighting for something. Mm-hmm. And so what what's the the way around the kind of checkpoints and and surveillance? How did you advise people to still be able to to get their photos and videos to you? So that was like hard when they started like to spread security cameras everywhere. So and the thing as I said since we were all local so we know we know the city very well. So and even when ISIS uh started like spreading security cameras they tweet our account uh, and they said yeah right now we have security cameras in order like to catch the idiots of rockers being sort of silently and then like the next day one of our colleagues he went and he took a photo for the security cameras and like we tweeted like okay here are your security cameras what you're gonna do so we i still have like both the tweets so that was like the good thing that we were locals and we were able to smuggle some news from or through ISIS. So Raqqa in general is like a tribal community. So everybody should know everybody in some way. So if I don't know that person, I know his brother, his cousin, or like anyone who's connected to. And then like, you know, like you would know like someone who has like a brother or like someone within ISIS. So just like having like a shit chat or like a normal chat. Yeah, hey guys, what you're doing, you know? So that was only like a way to get like many news, like nobody were able to get it. And we came up like with many exclusive news. Like some people, they love to show or themselves. Yeah, we did that thing. We already said that person. We gonna do that thing. We gonna do blah, blah. So that was only also like a way. So... And uh, right now, like we're working on like doing like some like edu- like some books like to educate or like to teach other people. So this would be like in our program, like how to do like simple thing to in order to get the news or how to do like other simple things to in order to protect yourself, not to be arrested. You you obviously lost friends, family members, colleagues through this process. What is it like getting that call or that that that, that notification that, that someone has lost their lives in, in this work? Yeah, like 2015 was like a tough year. And for me, like, it was like the scary minute every day when I wake up, like, you know, so when I wake up and I have to check my phone. So I like, I always, I said like, yeah, please God, I hope nothing bad happened. So, and like sometimes like, I get like 
the cause and like I would be like the first one and like yeah what we should do and like it happened with me many times while I was like outside like like uh, on the bus and like then just getting the call so for like a while like my brain will be like was freezing so I didn't know like what to do I felt like powerless but like that didn't didn't like lost like oh like long because i know that there are like something we should do and we, there are like something we need to look after so like the main thing f like that f the main thing that isis wanted us to do is to stop our work so that's why they started to kill and hunt us so we didn't want to give up like so easily and then like when we think about the fact that those people they give their lives for this work so i don't feel that like their lives are like better than my life or my other colleague lives so they i might be like instead of them so so it was like a hard thing like just to give up or stop thank you uh, aziz so much for for your your time today we're all very grateful for for the the work that you've done and, and for for coming here to the middle of pennsylvania to share your story with us um i do have one last question for you um what does democracy mean to you it means like many things it's like a way where people they where people can express themselves without being afraid of like of like being arrested or being killed so sometimes uh, people they don't really feel or know what democracy is so because they live in countries where democracy is not a big deal for them but in many different countries like democracy is like th something that people are fighting for people are getting killed for so it's an important thing that people they should know or like understand it more because if they do have it right now they might lose it tomorrow and if they don't have it today they might get it tomorrow very well said aziz thank you for joining us today yeah sure thank you well we're back and uh thank you uh jenna for that terrific terrific interview aziz is even more personable and humble and self-effacing in person than he is in that in the uh, film. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is. I told him it's an honor to meet this man. You know, I mean, you don't often meet somebody who's um, risked their lives for the sake of uh, a set of principles, and and he did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, anyway. I agree. Uh, I wanted to pick up on on one thing that he was talking about that I think gets around to uh, themes that have been important to us on the on the podcast and and that's when he talks about you know the need to counter ISIS media or he didn't use the term propaganda but but well, I would yeah it's obviously what it yeah was. he's making the point that uh, they do this they make this point in the in the film and he makes it he makes it to, to Jenna as well that uh, that ISIS is invested millions of dollars I believe is what he said mm -hmm. millions of dollars in their media operations uh, they're producing really slick videos, uh, well-produced, captivating, <laughs> violent, and grotesque. Well, but yeah. they are, you know, they are they are compelling. Uh, and this is why you need a free press. Well, and it, it's it, <laughs> you need a free press, and it also speaks to the the power of media. Right? They're presenting this narrative of uh, the caliphate of the Islamic State and how, you know, this is what um, 
uh, Islam has been searching for for literally hundreds of years, and now we have it, and isn't it wonderful? And and uh, we're creating an Islamic paradise on earth, and and none of that was true, but it was presented in a in a very uh, compelling way. And a lot of people throughout the world um, were, were captivated by it. Yes. And, and I think it's really important to emphasize the importance of a free and open media here, especially since there's been so much debasing of it in our own mm-hmm, politics. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, whereas we should be celebrating right. <laughs> people like this. I right. mean, these are American values, right. what, what these guys are doing. And what, what's what, one thing that strikes me about it is, you know, the president's language on fake news mm-hmm. and his attacks on the media have been picked up by authoritarian governments around the world, right? Including in Syria, right? Right, where where, where President mm-hmm. Assad talks about how you can forge any. I'm quoting: "You can forge anything these days. We're living in a fake news era." Right. For all these people, uh, the truth is. Um, Inconvenient, right? Is not something that they want oh, to get out. It's a threat out. to power, right? Exactly. And so, anybody who is um, uh, working to undermine that by speaking the truth, by reporting what is really going on, is undermining their power, and therefore, they're an enemy. Right. And when you know, when you call when you call NBC a fake fake news, you know, NBC can stand on its own. Right. 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 Uh, Large corporation. They've got great lawyers. They've got lots and lots of money. Mm-hmm. And lots of really good reporters. <laughs> but these guys don't. Right. And we should be we should be building them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At minimum, tacit. You're right. Um, no, I, I, I absolutely think that's right. I mean, so so the, the idea of uh, the media being the enemy of the people is not just false, not just a lie, it is also um, making the world a, a, a more dangerous right. and less free place. Yes, and certainly less safe for these guys, right. but mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. If, if you can find the moral or the, the fortitude to watch this, you really should. The City of Ghosts. It's not easy. It don't, not, want, yeah. don't want to make it, cl- you know, give you a false impression, but... It, 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 if, if nothing else, it makes you it's you see the worst of humanity and also the best of humanity. And it is um, it, it really does give you a, a, an insight into the world we live in and, and what all of us are called to do in it. Yes. And on top of that, just about what's going on in a place that we all keep hearing about. But I suspect many Americans really just don't understand. Very right. Much about. I think that's right. And yeah. and um, and so. Um, Aziz and his group, I mean, ISIS is basically, well, they're out of Raqqa and they're out of most of Syria, um, hanging on by a thread. But uh, Aziz is um, continuing to do amazing work. They're now uh, do this online training for other people in the world who find themselves in a similar circumstance. So um, they deserve all all the credit and all the plugs we can give them. Absolutely. All right. All right. From the uh, campus of Penn State University and the McCourtney Institute for Democracy, uh, I'm Michael Berkman. And I'm Chris Beam, and this is Democracy Works. Thanks for listening.